This is Positively Hygiene with your hosts, Amber Lovatos, Amy Parenti, and Angela Doe. Listen on as we dive into the positive of dental hygiene. So one of the questions I get asked a lot, and I think it's a lot of hesitation to make the choice to go back to school, but is going through dental hygiene school feasible when you are a mother? I mean, I was a mother. You were a mother. I was, so, yes. I, so it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I, had, I had a classmate. She had, I think, three kids and was a single mom. Yeah. And she was older than me. Um, Do you know the ages? They were school age. They were school aged. My son, my youngest, started kindergarten when I started hygiene school. Uh, so, yeah, that makes sense. He was four. He's 17 now. And I've been, uh, yeah, 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 that seems, or oh, he was five and yeah, so that, so it's possible. It was hard. Um, I am super, super blessed and I'm not like a traditional mom. I, I was a teen mom, a single mom, and I had a lot of support from my parents. Um, so during the week, my kids would stay with my parents uh, because I, 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 in the my first year, my first semester, I lived at home with my kids. I lived with my parents and I would commute to school, but my commute was like over an hour each way and I was struggling. Like I, I, so I made some sacrifices. I had to do, move closer so that I could finish school and hopefully have a career and provide for my kids. But I didn't have the assistance that I needed because they were little to like take them to school, pick them up from school, do the things and study. And so I was super lucky that my parents um, would take care of them for me during the week and I would take care of them on the weekend hard emotionally I have guilt about it honestly I have a lot of guilt sometimes I feel like a bad mother or like I know there was mothers who did it and didn't do that and so it makes me feel lesser than sometimes Um, but I do know now that my kids don't go without that I'm able to provide for them they have such a great and blessed life they don't have to worry about the things that I did growing up and so yeah it's possible you know what gets me, and hopefully these words help if someone is deciding to go. Um, Natalie will tell me, even to this day, she tells me all the time, I told them that you're a dental hygienist, so they might be contacting you. You know, she puts me on such a pedestal, and it's just like to hear the way. I mean, before this, I worked in retail, right? Like I gave like eight years of my life to Abercrombie and Fitch. So it's like, (laughs) was she ever going to tell her friends, oh, my mom works at Abercrombie? And not to say anything negatively about that, but there's this like sense of like my mom gets to help people like at Abercrombie. Maybe yeah. I gave someone a pair of jeans to try on and they bought them and you know, woohoo, like you look great. <laughs> there's empowerment in that. But then there's also, there's periodontal disease. There's, you know, getting people to, to floss and, and teaching like a 45 year old woman how to floss correctly for the first time in her life. There's just these life changing moments that in hygiene we get to be a part of and our children perceive that. You know, they yeah. might not understand periodontal disease or everything that we do, but they see us put the scrubs on. They see us go to work. They see us financially stable. There's a lot of value, I think, indirectly that our children see in the careers that we're able to be a part of. For me, I would say um, my kids don't really understand what I do for a living. I, I don't think a lot of people understand what I do for a living, <laughs> um, not just that. But coming out in an abusive marriage I needed to be able to provide for myself and for my kids. And I always say, I always want to be with somebody because I want to be with them, not because I have to be with them. And so that's like a trauma of mine. Um, Last year when I was uh, pregnant and on bed rest before I miscarried, 
that was one of the hardest things for me to have to do was not work and have to depend on my current husband financially. That was so hard for me. Amy, you're, Natalie was younger, right? She was like two, she, I remember. She was four, four when we started. the. Well, she was two when I started my prereqs. Um, that was when I was working in the bank during the daytime. I would go to night school at night. Um, so that was a lot of time away from home. Um, Did she ever mention like... Because I think that's what parents, well, I would think that's what parents would be worried about is if their kid's like, you're never home or you only focused on school or I didn't, I miss you, mommy. Like, or was that ever an issue? No, but I do think Ricky's a big part of that. So I think having a support, maybe it is a husband or significant other, or maybe it is a parent, but someone who values education that you're pursuing um, is big because kids only perceive what they're told at that age you know so it's for him I know he would say like mommy's in school now she's not working at the bank anymore during the day now she's going to school because she wants to advance herself like she wants to better you know so she he spoke very highly of school like mommy gets to go to learn about teeth mommy's able to do this like he always spoke about it like an opportunity not like well she'll be home at four she has a class until four you know she he was never he was always like this is something she gets to be a part of and that was huge for me too because I look back at those years that I spent in school my daughter was at my college graduation she saw me walk across the stage. Um, I got indicted to a National Honor Society for dental hygiene. So me and the other, so it was a, the two top, um, not to yeah. back, but the two top um, GPA students stood up and we got recognized. And then Natalie, I, I didn't hear her because it was a huge auditorium, but Ricky said at that time, she screamed, that's my mom. Aww. Yeah. And she still remembered. And I apologized after the graduation to her and I was putting her to bed at night. I'm like, I'm sorry if that was boring. And she goes, are you kidding me? The seats were so comfy. I got to see you up on the stage and like all this Aww. stuff. Like she was lit up. Yeah, it was so it was really cool because I hope that that's like a core memory for her to want to pursue a higher education because she saw me put value in my education enough to pursue it when of course yeah I mean it's I would have wanted to be home more um I do know there was one time when hygiene school first started night classes were different you know I'd go to school or I'd go to work during the day and I'd come home I'd be able to see her for a bit I'd go to like a hour two-hour class um I tried to take online classes when I could so that I could take them while she was asleep um, or do the work while she was asleep. But the first semester of hygiene school, I think it really overtook me because I've talked about it, I think, in previous episodes where our program was um, not an eight to five. It was spotty throughout the day. So there's and I would work at Starbucks during the morning so that I could help provide like just money for groceries and things just because I didn't want Ricky to have the full financial burden. Um, even though he would have been willing to, I just needed to feel like I was still contributing financially. Um, that was more for me. So I didn't make much money working at Starbucks, but I would go, for, I would start my shift. I would leave my house at 4 a.m. I would go to work at Starbucks for 4.30, like 4.30 to 7.30. And then I would leave I would kind of just drive straight to lectures. And then I would, at times, I would be at school until 10 o'clock at night. I'd get home at 1030. Um, all, every day was different. But there was one time where, you know, we would take home from Starbucks. If bakery items do not sell, you can take them home. So we would, I would take home cake pops because Natalie loved the cake pops. So every now and then I would take home cake pops and 
and we would put them on the counter. And my my mother in law one night when I'm in a night clinic, I'm I'm at clinic at seven thirty at night. My mother in law texts me and she goes, "Hey, are the cake pops supposed to be doughy on the inside?" Natalie just had one. It seems like it's kind of wet. I'm not sure if it went bad. And I left clinic, and this is at our our school. This is when we were just practicing on students each other. And I I left the clinic and I walked to the bathroom and my friend followed me and I just started hysterically crying. And she goes like, you know, she's asking me what's wrong, what's wrong. And I was like, I'm not home at all. I was like, I'm pretty, I never had opened a cake pop. I never ate a cake pop. So I had no idea what the dough, like, what the consistency moist, was supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. I didn't know if it was supposed to be dry. It was supposed to be like a cupcake or is it supposed to be doughy? And I broke down crying and, and I was like, I'm not home. Like I'm not home. And my toddler is eating spoiled food that's left on the counter because I'm the only one that can go through and like throw away food when it's gone bad. Like I'm the, I'm the one that keeps up the house and I'm not even home to do that. So now my toddler's eating spoiled food because I'm not present. And I just like broke down. Now come to find the cake pops are supposed to be that. (laughs) But in the moment, I just had so much guilt. Like I am not home. And since I am not home because I'm choosing to go to school, my kid is eating spoiled food is how I felt in that moment. So it was tough. Did you ever like get over that guilt or like reason with yourself or, you know, come to come to peace with it? I don't regret it. I don't regret it. I mean, and going back when we're talking about mental health, I I don't I try not to look back and be like I wish I had done this or would have done this or whatever, um, because I can't change that. And ultimately, those decisions got me to this point where my kids have a better life. Um, my son was actually he was starting school when I was starting school, and he in that same like time span, he got diagnosed with autism and a heart arrhythmia and needed eye surgery all while I was in hygiene school. Um, and you know what? I made it through. We made it through, <laughs> you know, like, um, and now he's thriving. He's 17 and has had all the resources that he needed um, because we were in a very bad school district. And I take it back. He wasn't diagnosed with autism. He was, we were told that there was something off and that should take him to a doctor. And so the doctor, I took him to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, he likely has autism, but pediatricians are not allowed to diagnose autism. And so you can take him to a psychiatrist, which is, we were on Medicaid at the time. It was hard to get, like, get in to see a psychiatrist um, or a psychologist, psychologist who diagnoses that. So we were trying to go through the system. Um, and at the same time, get, trying to get, you could also get him diagnosed through the school. And I, because I didn't make much money, I grew up poor. The kids were going to the same school district that I went to. Um, the school district who has less resources said that they, um, he was too high functioning. Not that he wasn't lower functioning, but that he was too high functioning to be diagnosed with autism. Once I graduated hygiene school, I moved us out of that school district because I was making more money um, and I got a home in a really good school district. And as when I started there, the school reached out to me and said, and they were a little scared to like ask me and they, were, they called to ask me if they could test him for autism. And such like, I, I like, so I know it's like, so silly to cry over, but when you're a parent who has a child with special needs and you're constantly fighting for those needs and you sometimes don't feel like, man, there's support to be in a financial situation, then like, I have not been a perfect mom. Sometimes I don't even feel like I've been a good mom, but those sacrifices that I made to get my children into a better situation. So now my Christian, 
he is thriving. Uh, Christian does so well um, it, because he's had the resources. He's, um, and that's largely because of the school district that we're in. And I wouldn't have been able to be there if, if I hadn't gone to school. I feel like there's always like societal pressures, which is what makes mothers second guess if they need to go back to school because they feel like they have to do it both school and the home life together. But it sounds yeah. like both of you had very strong support systems yeah. um, to be able to move forward with that. Well, you know, it's interesting. I just saw something the other day and I'll say with Ricky, 100% it's the truth. They said millennial dads are spending three times more time Am I saying that right? Three yeah, times more I think time I saw that. with their children <laughs> mm-hmm. than previous and any of the I previous generations. That. Yeah, I believe that. I know. Yeah, and kind of all those social norms are trying to like starting to dissipate, and um, I don't know. It's pretty cool to see, but I think a support system is really big. I know we had. She did not graduate. Um, she did not end up passing from the course, and it shouldn't discourage anyone. But it is a hard curriculum. Um, but she had told me. She would go to her children's sporting events with her textbook and be studying in the stands. Um, And that she just kept saying, you know, like, I just feel like a bad mom. But she was blaming hygiene school. She was very negative when she was telling me everything. But she was, you know, and I have to sit there with my textbook trying to study. It was very negative. And I think you kind of have to let that. I get to. Right. You kind of have to remember. The purpose. Yes. And like how many people the applied for that position in that yes. school program that you are now in, how many people that are applying or wishing for or wishing they had the courage to apply, you kind of just, you need to find something yeah. that works for you. And your child is never going to say, oh man, like I wish my mom never went to college. Like, you know, it's, I agree with that. it's a little bit, you know, I think we forget sometimes how resilient children can be and as long as we're focusing on the positive and the benefit and the opportunity that should be what they focus on as well uh so i do something a little different than amy amy said that she she waited a little bit um and then started taking courses right um i didn't i grad so i I graduated high school i started taking prereqs as i graduated high school like one or two at a time. Um, so I don't know if Amy took maybe a little more, more like a high, more course loads in her prereq time, but I, I, I tried not to, I tried, I worked during the day and then I, but again, I'm still missing time at home. Right. But I took it a little bit slower because financially I couldn't. And then ultimately when I got to hygiene school, I took out student loans because financially I did not have the money. I didn't have the financial family support um, to do it. I didn't have scholarships or anything like that. I had to take out student loans. First person in my entire family to go to college, first person in my family to get student loans. And I would do it again 100%. I used to even think like, you know what? I wish I had done it sooner. I wish I had just like taken out student loans for my prereqs in community college and got through them faster and graduated hygiene school faster and would have paid back those student loans because ultimately I'm making more money as a hygienist than I was as an assistant, you know? Um, And I know that sometimes that's a little scary, but I also went to community college. My programs weren't super expensive. I wasn't going to like a university or Ivy league or anything like that. You know, I graduated, ended up graduating with like 20,000 and that included like my housing and stuff. Um, So, I would say don't be afraid. If finances are a concern, don't be afraid of maybe student loans, applying for scholarships. Um, And remember that C's get degrees. 
in hygiene school, not prereqs. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes bees. We had to have. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yes, that's true. Our program didn't. Our program had just had to be seventy-five and above for for you to pass. Um, but yeah, it's. I think the mom guilt's the hardest thing. I hear the finance thing is a hard thing too. Um, but maybe start by cutting down some of your costs. Maybe you know. Um, and start saving. I know that the finances are a concern for a lot of people, um, but I think the payoff is can can be great. And it's never too late. Right. You're never too like too old. Right. I had classmates in their fifties. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, never no. too old. I didn't go to hygiene. I mean, I know I'm not in my fifties, but I didn't go to hygiene school till I was in my upper twenties. I wasn't a mom in dental hygiene school, um, but I was a mom when I got my master's. Well, in the middle of getting my master's, and. You know, it was, you know how you say, Natalie, at your graduation, it was like a very proud moment. Um, it was nice having my son at like the award ceremony for my master's and um, my graduation ceremony. It was like a different kind of proud, you know, and and certainly something like a moment that I would I would cherish. But I think, you know, Amy, what you were saying, how the families are like, where's your degree now? I've been seeing like uh, cartoons and stuff on Instagram that talk about like, okay, when the kids are young, it's like, no, you should be a stay at home mom. Why are you working so much? But then when the mom doesn't have a career um, or their own life, so to say, um, or their own life outside of their family, they're like, she just worries too much about her family. She what is what has she accomplished? You know, so it's like mom guilt, right? So much pressure on herself to do both and to do everything. Even though, like I said, I wasn't a mom during dental hygiene school. Even now, I'm trying to achieve different goals in my career. And yes, sometimes it does take my time away from my kids. And I feel guilt about that. And you're allowed to balance to. it. But what's the pro? What's the con? Is this worth it? And people are like, I don't know how you're doing how you're doing it all um, or like, I want to be like you and do it all. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing what I think is right or I feel is right in this moment. But certainly I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or not. I love my children. I, I think it's okay to have your own identity outside being a mother. Yeah. It's okay yeah. if being a mother is your entire identity. My mom is the best mom and I could never be my mom I wish I I hope that I could be like a little bit of her. She is all of our moms, and like she still drives me to the airport. Like she still is my mom now, but I'm and that fulfills her and that makes her happy. And that is her. If we took that from her, that would be the end of her. That's how I feel about my career. Yeah. About like having a purpose and serving the community, and uh, it's, I still am there for my children in different ways. But the entirety of me isn't being a mom. And sometimes I feel like society judges us because I'm not like that traditional mom. But yeah, like that's not all. Like my mom, I feel like is similar to you. You're like she is the epitome of what a mom should be. And she's there and she watches my kids and my sister's kids. Um, but I feel like, yeah, we feel like we have to have this mom life. <laughs> um, but we also, we're high achievers. We want to build a career for ourselves too and build who we are. Um, so, And identity in that too. But when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. Yes, yes, yeah. I know you not so much felt that way in hygiene school, but I feel it more with social media. <laughs> like sometimes I'll be 
hanging out. Like if I'm at home, I appreciate just being around Natalie and being with Ricky and I don't like to have my phone in my hand. But then I try to remind myself, like, hey, I also like to engage my audience, but then I don't want Natalie to see my phone in my hand. It's this whole, I think I deal with it more now than I even dealt with it before. We should listen to that book. We should all be millionaires. (laughs) (laughs) Because she talks about that. She talks about, you know, investing in yourself and in your career and parent guilt and guilt of making money. And she talks about how like, okay, maybe you're spending this extra time where you are investing in you and in your business. But in that future, you'll hopefully have built a financial place for yourself where you could take those extra days off to be with your kid, where you could then donate to charity, or or you could make those impacts in the world now that you want to do with your time and your resources because you invested in in your business and self now. Yeah, like you invested in yourself during hygiene school, those two years. That's the same as, not the yeah. same, but you know, like comparable to like your career as well, investing that short amount of time for the long run. So both of you being moms in dental hygiene school and students that are thinking of applying or currently in dental hygiene school who are maybe pregnant. I've had a friend that she was pregnant. She had kids and then she was pregnant dental hygiene school. And I was like, man, I could never be like her. I was like, man, more power to you. Um, what is your positive advice for them? Okay, so maybe not positive, but try to remember not to compare yourself to other people. Okay, um, I do think that I am somebody, um, I think that I'm smart for the most part. I'm a, I'm creative. I wasn't the number one student, but I had different responsibilities that other people had, that other people didn't have. And so remind yourself that not to compare yourself to the Joneses, that right? Uh, same thing with social media. I feel like sometimes we're like, oh my God, so-and-so is like, they're doing all the things. They may not have the same same responsibilities, family responsibilities as you. Like Amy said, like sometimes you feel about that social media. And sometimes we compare ourselves to other content creators. Yeah. Do those content creators have the same responsibilities as you? They may not, right? Um, and so same thing with school. It, it's okay to not have all the time to do all the things that your your journey doesn't look like everybody else's journeys, that maybe your grades aren't, you know, top grades, or maybe they are. Either way, it's okay. Like your journey is your individual journey and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. It's funny because now thinking back, something that I just thought of that I wish I did, because I did this with Natalie when I worked at the bank. There is this one Winnie the Pooh stuffed animal she had that she loved. And she goes, mom, will you take this to work today? And I was like, I was a bank teller, you know? So I was like, yeah, sure. And I brought her stuffed animal to work with me. And I took pictures of it doing things at work all day long. Oh, that's so I cute. put him like up on like the, like the, um, like our cash box. And I was like, he's counting the money. And then I brought him to, uh, we had to go to a separate post office. We had a PO box for the bank. So I brought him to the post office with me. And I asked like, the post office employee, I was like, will you take a picture with me <laughs> at the box? <laughs> and then they took and they'd sent. So when she came, when I came home, I shared all these pictures with her. So maybe Finding a way to stay connected with your child, even when you are somewhere else, I think can be helpful because I do think now, I didn't do this in hygiene school, but I just thought of it. I did it when I worked at the bank. And maybe you bring a figurine and you are in class and you you take a picture of the figurine somewhere and you come home and you say, hey, I was in histology and I took this picture and your action figure is somewhere. Can you find it or something? I don't know. Keep them involved so that they feel like they're a part of it as well. So if they're invested in it, 
then that's going to make you ease up on guilting yourself. It shouldn't be anything anyone guilts themselves over because it is such an investment. And I would not change anything about the life that I built um, for me and for my family. I feel very grateful to have had the opportunity to go to school and zero regrets. So if anyone is on the fence, know that also when you do go into the program, I would have to say, and I don't have stats to confirm this, but there's probably a 90% or higher chance that there's going to be another mother in the class or another parent in the class in the student body. Um, and you will be able to bounce things off of because I do think that is something that if you can disclose how you're feeling with someone else, you can really embrace each other's emotions and get through school together. All right. Well, if you're thinking about it, reach out. If you need advice, we're here for you all. And if not, um, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Positively Hygiene. Join us every Tuesday for a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for the opportunity for how you can contribute to our podcast. And follow and review Positively Hygiene on Apple and Spotify Podcasts.